Welcome back to Mark's Madness. Yeah. Oh, we're back. We're doing it again. Doing uh, it again. I might as well have started this episode with a Jeopardy theme music because that's how it <laughs> felt like trying just Alex Trebek over here trying to cut David off from doing a last second research. This is the kind yeah. of dedication to, to, to the craft that this man shows for you. I, meanwhile, <laughs> roll up with a Bubba keg full of vodka and just, you know, go. So, you know, different strokes, different folks, um, as addressed in Discord tonight. That being said, welcome back to Mark's Madness. We are doing it again. Uh, Do David, it again. how, uh, as is tradition, we're going to, we're going to do a little up top yes. before we, we launch into this, this fun reading yeah. this week. But, uh, yeah, what? yeah, we got We got to nibble and dribble. I don't know. What so that means. Nathan's, Nathan's going to take care of two low, uh, a low hanging fruit real quick. Uh, yeah. Donald Trump has COVID. Mike Pence might have COVID. Stephen Miller has COVID. A lot of people in the White oh, House have that COVID. One's, that one's fun. Stephen Miller. Miller. Oh yes, no Stephen. The actual Nazi getting COVID is fun. My my um, favorite my favorite t- take on that was I thought COVID was something that could only infect humans, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> no, that's <sounds> about right. <laughs> It's it's fun. Uh, it's it's shot in Florida. Enjoy it if that's your thing. Um, it, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to shame I'm not gonna anybody sit here and for shame anyone for enjoying I mean, bad things yeah. happening to bad people. Um, yeah, just, I mean, just in, a, in a material sense, there's there there could be some weird repercussions that come out of that. That yeah, I lost I lost connection there, so we may have been saying the same oh. thing. Um, okay, no, I wasn't saying anything. I was just like waiting for you to fun. talk, and you were just in the in the, in the void. So, uh, g- gonna do a two second. Oh, okay. Mi- then maybe I didn't lose connection. I'm just I'm just doofus. Okay. Uh, so anyway, I was gonna say, um, you know, I mean, by all means, I mean, here's the deal, right? There's there's a very little material. I mean, there's some. I mean, there's certainly not no material gain out of those guys dying, but there's very little material gain. We've got to understand this is system wide, and it's not about a few bad people at the top. It's about what the system produces and how the system works. Uh, that said, if a few of these fuckers croak, I'm going to be pretty damn happy about it. I'm um, going to be thrilled and watching. And yeah. honestly, also watching the libs do their thing has been equally fun. Uh, honestly, as much as sir, the Schadenfreude sir. has been fun, watching Rachel Maddow go, uh, sir, I'm, I'm going to have you thrown in jail, but get well soon, honey. Uh, uh, I need my ratings. Uh, please don't die. It's the only reason people watch my show. Please. You're, you're a fascist, but. I want you to live and we're going to vote you out. Someone. Oh, my God. I saw on Facebook. It was like, pray, pray for Trump. Vote for Biden. It's like, um, man, you guys Ooh, really. That's, that's two this things like a, I don't want to do. You, I don't want to do either really, of those. It, this is not. Uh, no, no, no. Either they are an existential threat to your existence, as you've yeah. been screaming. Uh, yeah. Or they're not. And either which way, kind of figure it out and move on. Um, but yeah. again, we're not gonna we're not gonna linger too much on that because it's boring and it, it, honestly, God, it, it is what it is. Yeah. Um. Next up, David, you want to talk about a country that I keep pronouncing incorrectly, oh, and I'm just not oh, even yeah. Try. I mean, well, well, before before we get uh, in no. the Kyrgyzstan, um, let's let's remember. So the the thing I want to say is there's there's a whole damn world out there, you know, and and. <laughs> We know that geography know brought that. to you by Mark's Madness. <laughs> yes, cue the Animaniac song. <laughs> we know that, and as socialists, we should do that more than most Americans. Americans are very bad about chauvinism, but sometimes that's easy to forget. Uh, so a lot of shit's happening out there, and some of it's not not so hot. Um, obviously, the, the fires are blazing away in the Amazon in Brazil. Uh, do not forget to that. Of course, this was. Another U.S. back coup. Um, all kinds of countries now. The IOC and and the World Cup are places that will drain and destroy a city and an economy for their own gain. They're not afraid to do it. A lot of that happened in Greece. Um, oh, there's some good news, by the way. Uh, Golden Dawn was was banned legally in Greece. Now that's only 
only they got legal labeled justification. a criminal organization. Yeah, yeah got to label a criminal organization. They basically were told they're they're a fascist mafia, which is is good. You know, I mean, it, it's still it's still not like a socialist country, but. I'm, I'm good with that outcome. It That's was fun awesome. to watch that announce. If you were watching the same video I was, where and the you thousands the- of people that poured into the street uh-huh. celebrating, yeah, that they was announced awesome. that they were they announced that they were a fascist organization, and then the cops started shooting tear gas into the crowd. So yeah, no, great, yeah. no, very good, very good way to show you're not a yeah, with, yeah, hey, they're yeah. fascists. Boom, boom, tear gas. Yeah, right. Um, but that said, you know, I mean, of course, it's it's good that they were named a criminal organization, but of course, a lot of that rose up. After, you know, the Athens Olympics destroyed that. And so if you remember in Brazil in 2016, they did the World Cup and the Olympics. And that's not necessarily a death knell. In fact, I don't know if it was necessarily a bad thing. I mean, Beijing is, is hosted the Olympics, but it certainly has some some bad ramifications. And those tend to get blamed on the government who's trying to do that to promote the country. And, uh, of course, if everybody remembers the rise of Zika, Zika virus and uh, microcephaly associated with that and how that got blamed on Brazil and wasn't just hey, this is the nature of getting a bunch of people together for a sport, or or, hey, this is the International Olympic Committee's um, fault, or hey, it's nobody's fault, the thing we didn't see coming. It was, oh, this is definitely Dilma's fault. And so there was some bullshit, U.S.-backed, drummed-up coup to get her out of there. And the interim uh, cooing vice president that had had pushed her out, um, that the U.S. (laughs) was not so quietly backing, um, everybody kind of saw coming that the U.S. was setting up a, a Bolsonaro election. And, of course, with, with some fairly rigged elections, which you don't see the same coverage about elections being rigged as you do, say, in, you know, the, the supposedly rigged elections in Bolivia or Venezuela or Kyr- Kyrgyzstan. Um, but you definitely, you know, you didn't see the, the, the actually rigged elections in Brazil being called out by, you know, the fucking everybody and their brother. Um, so, of course... You know, there uh, uh, there was this coup, and then Bolsonaro won, and that let Cargill and and all the fuck faces that that, that want to turn it in, you know, the Amazon into cow farms and lumber, you know, manuf or lumber. Uh, uh, my, I can't think of the word. People who chop down lumber, um, you know, all timber? that shit. Timber, sure, why not? Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, <laughs> you I don't know, know, I mean, turn turn the Logging Amazon. No, you're right. Timber, into, into timber, into timber here? resources, that raw material. Yes, you're you're correct. Timber companies. Um, you know, I mean, just burning the shit down, um, and you know, intimidating and genociding indigenous people, uh, all kinds of things like that. And it's gotten to the point where scientists are worried that the Amazon is going to turn from a rainforest into a savanna, which is terrifying. That is the lungs of the earth. Um, on the better note, though, China has set a goal to be carbon neutral by 2060, which sounds like, okay, well, aren't we supposed to be like negative by 10 years and 2060 is a, far, a long way off. But actually, if you do the numbers on that, it's kind of like when, when, when China alleviates poverty and it comes out to like what they can game up as a 90 cents a day, but it's actually $2 and 30 cents a day properly converted. And when you account for provided healthcare and housing and things like that, you know, $2 and 30 cents a day doesn't sound like much, but it's better than living on what is, what is 25 grand a year in the United States? Like $70 a day. It's better than living on like $70 a day, which is just below median U S income. And everybody in China lives above that standard. The same kind of thing, China being carbon neutral by 2060, should the Amazon not totally be decimated might fucking save us from climate change. But again, that's depending on capitalism, not spiraling into infinity, which God knows it still will. So we got to overthrow that shit. That's depending on the Amazon, not being completely burned up by Bolsonaro. It's depending on some shaky things. Um, in other news, there's a couple uh, of other countries. Uh, one of which is in the midst of the belt and road 
um, region that that China's uh, working on its Belt and Road Initiative again. You know, hence the attacks on Xinjiang, um, and that's Kyrgyzstan. And another one is not in that region, but it is another CSTO. Uh, member and for people who are not familiar with CSTO, uh, when the USSR fell and it fell to NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, um, when the USSR fell, a few countries, including Russia, even led by you know capitalist douchebag Yeltsin, who was who's ready to 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 fuck everything up for former Soviet countries, uh, was still making an alliance, kind of protect themselves from NATO, um, and so it was formed in in. Um, it, it fully formed in 94. It kind of started up in 92. It had Armenia, Belarus, uh, Kazakhstan, uh, Kyrgyzstan, um, Russia, and Tajikistan. And then, you know, it's it's kind of loosely associated with, with uh, Afghanistan and, and, and Serbia. And Azerbaijan was in it initially. They left in 99. Again, to go be... To, go be fascist because that's how some well, of and because they don't have Spain played. in their name and if you don't have Spain in your name you don't get to be part <laughs> you, of this you can't club. be unless you're Russia yeah um, well Uzbekistan uh, left so that's that's not true uh, <laughs> no 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 it's like all squares are circles but not all circles are square I don't oh, okay. know I don't, I don't understand <laughs> metaphors and things like that but you know you, you can leave if you're a stand you just can't be in there if you're not a stand yeah um, and Georgia also also left because you know I mean fascist uh, peaches yeah no, you, know. you get it you get it yeah, that, that Georgia, definitely that Georgia. Um, so anyway, uh, Azerbaijan now, along with Turkey and Israel, is the, the former um, CSTO members are bombing the shit out of Armenia, where Turkey has committed a very famous genocide, uh, the largest one outside of the Holocaust in the last, what, 110 years? It was less it, than 110 years ago, 1. wasn't 5, it? 1.5 million? Isn't that the number yeah, associated with the Armenian no, genocide? It, yeah, was a, I mean, that Heavily doesn't make it sound like the biggest one outside of the Holocaust. It's uh, gambling, but it's a yeah, huge... Yeah, no, 1.5 million, that's nothing. I think, it's, I think it was something like, Population density was the largest one outside of the hall. Well, I mean, one point five. It's a huge amount, but I was say it's still an incredible number of in India, though. But I think I think population density. It's like again, the, and again, there the, again, the there are a lot of them. The but you know, we're going to talk about you know, oh, we're going to bang on about Holodomor, which definitely didn't happen. And then look over here, Shibana. yeah, exactly. And there's big giant maps. There's big giant maps that show people that don't even wreck. Like there are countries. Western, large Western nations that don't even recognize the Armenian genocide as a genocide. Yes, yes. So, um, so again, you know, I mean, the bombing of our Armenia is is a terrible, terrible thing um, that that Turkey and Israel are backing it, and obviously that means the U.S. is is in there backing it, uh, just a little less explicitly than maybe Syria. So, so we definitely, you know, have to oppose that, and that's terrifying, sad world news. Also, in in Kyrgyzstan, there were protests that basically overthrew the government on supposed election fraud, but from the one and i've only really seen one source and this is not i'll admit this is not a country that um that i know we are a ton not experts of in this field we do not yeah, have a wide not like, breadth of knowledge about this we are just looking at facts as they are presented and as right, they're becoming this is not if like this were to change, or belarus or ukraine where i know an enormous amount of background in spite of it you know, the CSTO membership and it being a former Soviet state. I don't know a lot about Kyr- Kyrgyzstan, but I do know it's, it's part of and very physically right next to Xinjiang, um, as well as, you know, Tajikistan, um, Pakistan, you know, I, I, Kazakhstan, you know, I mean, all these, these borders, um, you know, through the Belt and Road Initiative right there. Uh, 
but also it's a it's a CSTO member, um, so it means it has his tight alliances with with Russia. And from what I got from the one source was this party that got like seven percent in the last election, got nine percent in this election, was rising in popularity, and they feel like the nine percent was underdone, and that's that's you know election fraud, and they're suppressing them. Um, it's the exact same template and- as Belarus. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, so I don't know enough about it saying like, this is a color revolution. This is this flag. This is historically the fascist, blah, blah, blah. But I do know it, it looks, it sounds, it smells like a color revolution. It looks a hell of a lot like a color revolution. It would really suit U.S. interests. Squint very hard at anything that you're reading on that and just kind of know. And this is a region, I mean. I mean, U.S. is very good about propping fascists in former Soviet states. And, and one of the ways to do it is these color revolutions. And then they either directly coup the fascists into power or they just cause a power vacuum, kind of like what they've done in, in West Asia, um, you know, places uh, like, you know, Afghanistan, um, places like that. So I can't say 110 percent for sure. Like most of these places like Belarus, I'm I'm kind of like, you know, 90, 90, 95, maybe 99 percent sure is the color revolution. But it, it, it seems a lot like one would certainly. Uh, serve u.s interests so very very concerning there yeah um moving on from that to Mm -hmm. uh nathan's expertise which is dumb shit on twitter um i'm gonna gonna read there are two one of these is this is gonna be a slow transition out of important current events into the blurk we're reading so just this is my on-ramp we're we're ramping up onto the highway of black reconstruction uh the first is a tweet from a person that i don't know uh, but they have a blue check mark, and that that always makes me nervous. <laughs> That's a bad sign, yeah. It's always a great. It's an awful sign. Um, yeah. this person named Adam Wren. I have no idea what their bona fides are. They're a writer, editor, and contributor for Politico. Fantastic. So they're awful. Oh, that's 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 pretty rough. Bona fides, right there. It's not. Uh, this is just all going downhill. Their tweet is very interesting to see Pete Buttigieg go from Twitter villain to hero from March to October. Almost as if extremely online reaction to him wasn't in good faith. All right, guys, lot to unpack here. One, did Pete Buttigieg do a fucking thing that I haven't on a word? Yeah, like, I don't, did he who like declared stabbed, him hero? Did he Brutus Donald Trump or something and I missed it? What the fuck did he do? Or are they literally talking about the one semi one liner he gave on Fox News about Pence? Well, Pence is up with Trump and he's a Christian who's with a porn star guy? Oh, haha, I've caught you. Hosted on your own petard. You, you. I, I mean, <laughs> which is, which is wonderful thing- because what that means is that, like, people, level headed people that, that look to social media for a platform because we're not platformed um, by mainstream media because, you know, I mean, we're too left wing for that shit. Um, rightly hate Pete Buttigieg. And then all of a sudden, like, fucking, you know, Stephen Colbert gives him a big thumbs up and it's oh opinions have changed and it's like no you it just listen to someone else it doesn't make any sense he hasn't done anything except posted a really creepy picture of him recording his audiobook in a bedroom with two dogs and a pillow in the corner for sound dampening and let me tell you ladies and gentlemen i am proud to say that mark's madness pods commitment to audio quality is higher than presidential <laughs> candidate pete Buttigieg, ladies and gentlemen because that is an atrocity and i promise you there will be no dogs in my recording space uh outside maybe but not inside the cave that's a commitment uh, but that uh, that was just the dumbest thing I've ever like. Uh, what what do you mean? I still he went don't from know what he's, he's never done any. He doesn't even reference the thing he did. It's just like ostensibly we're just led to believe that like people like Pete Buttigieg now. 
Based on what? Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> Apparently we do. Um, this, so, is, this is something that like citations me would be an expert in because you're just smuggling in opinions. Like who the fuck I, said that? Yeah. People are saying I heard at the local hipster coffee shop that people are saying Pete Buttigieg is super <laughs> hip and cool now. Like that's what this feels like. I'm like, are you did I fall? Did I go into a coma and he do something? But and so heading back towards tangentially related to this book, there is another tweet. Um, that is honestly even harder for me to unpack because I just can't understand it. And this one comes from a slightly more high-profile individual. That's from Joe Biden. Ooh, boy. Standing in front of a podium mm. in a field mm. somewhere in Pennsylvania, I assume. I don't mm. know. Every generation that has followed Gettysburg has been faced with a moment when it must answer this question. Will we allow the sacrifices made in that battle, in that war, to be in vain? We cannot and we must not. It's time to come together. If anyone can explain his, what his. the fuck that dementia-addled motherfucker is talking about, <laughs> I will pay you money. I will because say, it makes okay. no goddamn sense. Okay, I will say there are a lot of times that Joe Biden makes no goddamn sense. But it's it's usually kind of in a, a confused trail off way. That sounds very much since you just talked about Pete Buttigieg, um, who who is he immediately compared to in his speeches? Who is he the worst version of? Obama. Obama. He's and not Obama. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's that's exactly what that sounds like. That sounds like some Obama bullshit right there. I don't. But it's like what? Okay, hang on a sec. Hold, mm, Joe. So we had a war. And uh, we're reading about that war. We have some great context for what that war was all <laughs> fought about, Joe. Um, and a big part of that war was uh, this animosity towards um, mm, wanting to keep black people as slaves. And there's a lot of uh, that tension here in America now, now, Joe. And you're mm-hmm. not is, doing a damn thing about any of it. He's trying to claim he does. But it's okay because he loves fracking. All right, but I, he loves fracking and he loves what, the police and, and there's nothing Republicans the to worry about. sacrifices to be made in vain? What? The sacrifices for what? To keep this bullshit of a country together? Fuck that shit! It's okay because... Fuck that shit! Let it die! It's okay because him and Kamala are excited about the fact that George W. Bush will definitely endorse them. What? It, it, I just, what and why is it since Gettysburg? Like, I get that he must have been giving a speech to Gettysburg. I'm sure there's an anniversary of it. I'm sure he's just trying to tie it in. But, like, not world, not we fought, not since D Day, not since the American Revolution. You just picked an arbitrary thing and were like, yeah, ever since then, we all got to, we always, I know whenever I make a decision, I know. This is the day where we turn good. Would my, would my great great granddaddy that was fighting for slavery be proud of me for the decision I'm making? Am I honoring his sacrifice as he fought the damn Yankees? Uh, Since I the FBI what, had to admit to COINTELPRO and now they and the CIA only fight bad guys, the Joe, TV says so. 50% of the people in that fight want, would think that they were wronged. This is the wrong war to be coming back to. Literally half the argument. Like, it wasn't even a war where we were all on the same side. We literally fought each other. And no one was happy with the resolution. But speaking, hey, of, he- speaking of nobody being happy with the resolution, the amendment carried an unusual provision 
in section two, which asserted <laughs> Congress shall have the power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation. Charles Sumner and others declared that this, that was the most seamless transition in the history of time. And I'll that challenge was, you to say otherwise. <laughs> you didn't even change tone. Exactly. Have no you'll idea have, you're reading. You have no idea I was reading. So subtle. I didn't Charles, even get to have my Lincoln comment in. Oh, get your Lincoln comment in. Well, I was just going to say he's channeling Lincoln. No. No, okay. he is. We no, got to come he's together. He's channeling the version of Lincoln that we know from this book, not yeah. the version of Lincoln that like most people think of. Oh yeah, no, sure, yeah, but he's he's channeling the actual Lincoln. Yeah, Charles. He's channeling. Sumner. He's channeling chicken shit hundred dollar gift card. <sighs> hundred dollar gift cards and ten percent Louisiana plans. <laughs> you know, Joe Biden would be cool if ten percent of racists said they were cool. Oh yeah! Oh 10%, my God! If ten percent of white supremacists said we promise not to kill anybody tomorrow, like if ten percent of cops Joe said Biden would come we promise up and not be to kneel like, on necks, Joe Biden would come up and be like, "Look, we don't like racism, but Republicans can, can be assured. I don't need a whole ten percent of you saying you don't like it. We're 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 on the same side, guys." The Joe Biden ten percent plan will be ten percent of his administration will be made up of uh, of hardcore fascists. That's <laughs> the Joe Biden ten percent. that's probably 10% low. Of his administra- that's probably administration low. will be Stephen Miller and his clones. <laughs> Guys, we need a smooth transition. He understands what he's doing. Donald Trump, Treasury of the Secretary. Let's go. <laughs> Bringing people together. That's a, that's a team of rivals right there. Write me a book. Charles Sumner and others declared that this gave Congress power to enfranchise Negroes if such a step was necessary for their freedom. The South took cognizance of this argument. Of the states which seceded, Virginia and Louisiana ratified the 13th Amendment in 1865. Look at that, Louisiana. More than 10% of you on board. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, amazing. And Arkansas did it in April. Of these states, all of these states were, at the time, in control of minorities supported by the Union armies. And strong pressure was exerted on them by the administration in Washington. All right. I mean, you're an occupied country, essentially. And that's that is yeah. a wild Which, thing to that, think about. That's fine. You lost a civil war. You did, but that is a, that is a. An, I mean, again, that is a weird thing to kind of wrap your head around in the context of America. The version of America that we talk to ourselves about never sees itself as being occupied. We don't ever have that mentality, and, and this was very much an occupation. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, and, it, and does, can, it does depend on the layers of, of occupation, dude. Like this is a traditional occupation of the settlers that see themselves as the masters, but it was a just one, which is, oh, for- is very rare, but it, it was, I mean, this, this is, you know, this is kind of um, like, you know, Soviets in, in East Germany type thing, you know, it's GDR type. Um, and then that's layered on top of the course settler occupation that created this whole system in the first place, which is a little less just a little bit in November, 1865, South Carolina, South Carolina ratified with this proviso, that any attempt of Congress towards legislating upon the political status of former slaves or their civil relations would be contrary to the Constitution of the United States as it now is or as it would be altered by the proposed amendment is in conflict with the policy of the president declared in his amnesty proclamation and with the restoration of that harmony upon which depend the vital interests of the American Union. I love how now south carolina is very concerned about harmoniously existing within the union yeah like i don't understand why the losers feel like they get to dictate anything at this point but again we talked about the the taxation big government stuff and and those 
dog whistles starting all the way back here. You know, states' oh, yeah. rights, we kind of knew started all the way back here. But it was very revealing when we got into Civil War history about, like, we knew those things were right-wing, but they explicitly traced back here. Now you're seeing a, a very... Um, a very interesting one because it's one that's popping up a lot from the overt fascists now, and that's the Constitution. And we talked about like it's very obvious when people say they, they trust the Constitution, they only want the Bill of Rights, those first ten amendments. Part of the Constitution was that it could be amended, but they didn't like the amendments because, of course, the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment, in spite of, of the provisions in them that allow the racist structures to be upheld, was just too much. They want they want the good old explicit slavery. They you know them uppity black people need to be back in chains or whatever fucked up thing they think in their heads. And, and of course, you saw that language here. You know, I mean, if if the North is dictating the civil status of slaves, basically saying you don't, ha- you have to not let them be slaves. You have to say they're real people. You can't just put these black codes on them. That's un. That's against the Constitution, and we stand for the Constitution. It's you, you see the the progenitor of all all of these you know, right wing dog whistles here. And and that's where you, you know, you see who the parties are now, right? You've got the party of the northerners that were sympathetic to the slavery versus the party of uh, the Southern plantation holders who set up all the dog whistles Republicans use now. And none of these guys today, you know, and back then, except for a small section like, you know, Thaddeus Stevens or Charles Sumner are, are really abolitionists at all. You know, I mean, that's, that's a burgeoning, revolution that came through and and it's completely unrepresented now and when you see a, a very so again very real world right now example of this uh, um uh supreme court which we know yeah. inherently is a conservative institution inherently yes. a reactionary yes. institution absolutely it is there to uphold the status quo mm-hmm. until the last possible second uh yes. a recent example of them doing that last possible second was the oberfeld uh, ruling the that legalized uh, same-sex marriage in America. Yeah, um, there was very recently a uh, opinion handed down by they 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 refused to essentially hear Kim Davis, the fucking racist ass or not racist. Well, I assume she's racist too, um, but uh, homophobic uh, clerk. Oh in Kentucky, yeah, the, I don't want to make your cake, lady. Exactly. Yeah. Well, n- the one that wouldn't uh, issue marriage licenses in Kentucky. Okay. She was okay. She was yeah. a county yeah. clerk. She wouldn't issue. She wasn't issuing marriage licenses because it was against her her firmly held religious belief that that same sex couples couldn't get married. Okay, that's bullshit. Um, they they said they're not going to hear it. But two justices, uh, Th- Clarence Thomas, famous yeah. progressive Joe Biden appointee, Clarence Thomas, and uh, uh, Alito, Samuel Alito. Uh, in 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 went forth in the foot of uh, in the footsteps of Anthony Scalia, and basically said we're not going to hear this case. We can't because on its face, it's there's no merit by the rule. We can't do it. But yeah. we think this is bullshit, and literally went on on a again. It's constitutional literalism. Um, yeah. Of saying what is written is exactly how it can be. There is no room for interpretation. There's no anything. It is exactly that because that is the most. Even though their entire way. job is interpretation, but they it's don't bullshit see it that on way. its face. They, they don't say even it. see it, and their so their whole thing they is, don't see it that way the, on purpose. But yeah, they don't yeah, see it. What's that way. the easiest way to uphold the status quo? Say that the status quo can literally not change because it is written in stone. In their opinion, yeah, it's out of my hands. I'm sorry. There's nothing can I can do, do about it. No, it was undemocratic. We didn't vote on this. It was undemocratic. The court can't make this kind of a ruling. Uh, democracy. We care about democracy. Uh, the courts, state should have had rules over this, but we didn't. We just unilaterally did it. Uh, sorry, throw your hands up. Um, 
this is exactly that kind of argument. It is it is going back to this is the progenerator of that kind of a of a mindset of well, it's all written in stone. And again, this is even closer. They're writing a constitutional amendment right now. Mm-hmm. They're ratifying the Thirteenth Amendment and yet still going on about well, but it's not in the Constitution, so it doesn't like you're actively changing it. You recognize it is <laughs> the malleable. Constitution is bending to your will as we speak. There's, and you're going whoops, like can't do seven that. Seven or eight more amendments coming after this. When did we get locked? So you're like, well, when did we get? It's always been there. There's always been people saying it was perfect from the start. And we should never change it. And there wrong <laughs> i don't know what else to say but again so again just tying it back to where we're at now uh david you want to read some stuff um yeah yeah so okay so in november 1865 so, they ratified with the proviso we did all that and then yeah, alabama, alabama oh sorry alabama ratified the amendment the same month with the proviso that this amendment to the constitution of the united states is adopted by the legislature chair of alabama with the understanding that it does not confer upon congress the power to legislate upon political status of freedmen in this state so oh we totally ratified this if you don't fuck with us <laughs> yeah. oh by the way i know that i know that by definition in the way we've structured our 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 government that federal law supersedes state law um but not this time <laughs> Nope. Super nope. duper states, nope. States rights, Nathan. States rights. Um, North Carolina and Georgia ratify in December just before the amendment was proclaimed. Mississippi refused ratification until after the amendment was in force. Yeah. Never, never change Mississippi, you sons of bitches. And of course, I mean, I, I want to be specific. I don't want to sound Missouri, like a liberal. Like Mississippi, yeah. we get it. We're, ju- yeah. we're bad. We're just we're, as bad. We're just as bad. And on top of that, you know, I'm very much talking about the leadership there. I don't want to be like, oh, they voted Republican, so fuck them, let them die. Like, no, we're very we're against that. that. We've been open about that. But God also, damn again, you, we're Mississippi from races. Missouri. Glass yes, houses. We're from fucking Missouri. God damn. I could, I could take you on a country road drive where you see more Trump flags than you ever want to see in your fucking life. Um, I, I'm not but happy Luxie's that I even beautiful. know where that shit is, but I had to get from point A to point B and pass that shit without throwing up myself. Uh, oh, my God. Okay. So uh, fun, fun story time. Uh, in my, I, I, so around me in a, in a place that I have to drive to, mm-hmm. um, there was recently, uh, a little bit of vandalism, you know, ooh. ooh, just, ooh, on, and I kid you not, I don't know another way to describe this. Imagine a house, a ranch, okay. a one story home, and then imagine somebody has spray painted every Square. There is not a stone unturned. They wrote a manifesto on this person's house on all <laughs> four sides. Jesus all four Christ. Sides. Uh, 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 with various colorful language uh, about wanting to give it back and other things. Uh, insinuating something had been stolen from someone. And now uh, in the amount of exactly $3,000. They were very specific. It was $3,000. Give them oh, their $3,000 back. Um, You'll never catch the suspect. <laughs> um. The whole house. Now, there was one word that you could tell yeah. the owners had desperately tried to scrub off, and it was the word bitch. Um, apparently, that one that one had to go. Uh, and, I, and, and normally in that situation, you go, hmm, this may be a complicated, I wonder what is actually going on here. But then you realize that house has four Trump flags out in front of it. Oh. And immediately, I know whose side I'm on. I, yeah. I am. I, I immediately have taken a side here. 
Um, Here's the thing. If the other party also has four Trump flags, I'm still in the let them fight territory. Like worst case scenario, I'm still for it. Let them fuck I each other I love to imagine Best case that scenario, I like that person that did the, the vandalism. I, no matter it's, what, it's, it's just a nice fun. range. It's yeah. just fun. But it's hilarious because it's, it's on a road that is wonderful Overton window. It is on a road that is very narrow. And so for like three days around that, like you had to be like super careful driving it because it's like everyone's like, what the fuck? Like out taking pictures of it. And the people are just out in their front yard just like sitting in rocking chairs like yep that's us look at that <laughs> like welcome to missouri this is a great time <laughs> wonderful wonderful florida ratified it with the alabama reservations texas <laughs> did not ratify until 1870 Whoa. it is difficult to see in these proceedings any indication that the south was willing to abolish slavery and certainly there was not the slightest indication of granting any negro political rights yep in South, in Carolina. South Carolina, the assembly shunned all suggestions that suffrage be given to the Negro in any form. Why do you think you just fought a war over like, all right, we fought a war, we lost. So nothing's changing, right? We're not going to do anything differently now that we got our asses kicked. This is yeah, how war I mean, again, works, right? this is this goes back to it, right? I mean, these people are going to wrestle power down to the last minute. I mean, it. I, there's times where it's useful to distinctify fascism from liberalism because it both tells people, hey, there's something worse barreling down on us, and it, it you know, um, distinctifies stuff like functionally. So you could also look back at the horrible things that certain countries have done and see, like, look, liberalism is terrible too. It's not just fascism, they're all on the same side. Uh, but most of the time, I don't find it very, very useful because it, it fascism is, is almost like dying liberalism to flux, right? And and so I don't want to overdo this, but you can kind of see, you know, that's what fascism is, right? It's 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 when liberalism is dying, and the most reactionary, the most powerful, the, the greediest uh, forces, the people who dehumanize others the most, the most racist forces, you know, the slaveholders, the the people who who you know uh, turn out migrant labor or push against migrants even having an opportunity at, at labor um, and being against immigration at all uh, you know down down to the last ounce of protecting their power fight it tooth and nail they're not just gonna roll over because you kind of want a little you know they're they're gonna keep fighting yeah. uh, <laughs> when a number of Charleston Negroes uh, prepared a memorial on this the convention refused to hear it it cannot but be the earnest desire of all members, said the Charleston Daily Courier, that the matter be ignored in toto during the session. Don't know what the band that's saying. Hold the line has to do with this. <laughs> the white democracy, especially that of the upcountry, felt that a restricted suffrage, which took no account of racial discriminations, would disenfranchise. Well, okay. <sighs> give me give me a second here, guys, because this one, this is going to be one of those sentences that's that that psychically damages me <sighs> that the matter be ignored in toto during the session the white democracy especially that of the upcountry felt that a restricted suffrage which took no account of racial discriminations would disenfranchise a large portion of the white vote and give the large landowners an unfair influence through their control of negro votes guys Guys, they own no, no, they own the black people. So no, this is this really is against the. You can't let them vote because then they're just going to get told how to vote by their master, and then there's wait, oh yeah, I mean this is on. this is this is kind of something that that we need to to pay close attention to, and it's where we say you know we've got to battle um, classism and, and racism and, and all these things tied together, 
is, and this is exactly it. They started seeing the provisionings about like, you know, uh, needing a certain education level, needing literacy, unless you're already registered. And they went, what if that affects us? And the solution wasn't, these are corrupt. These are not okay. You've created these to hurt black people. They're wrong anyway. Oh, and also they affect us. We stand in solidarity against them. That's the correct solution. No, it's explicitly make this about black people so it doesn't hurt us. And that's that's constantly when you do run into racism, which is very proliferous in the quote unquote white working class. I don't want to pretend like it's not a very widespread and powerful and dangerous thing. That's a major part of what this book is about. Uh, but of course, comes down from the ruling class. I mean, it's a structural thing and who creates and maintains and benefits from all of these structures. Of course, the, oh, you know, mostly white and, and at this point, totally white uh, ruling class. You know, it that does this. Uh, but when the white workers are confronted with, oh, this harms us too. This is made to hurt black people. This is morally wrong. And this harms us too. We should stand for it morally and expediently. No, there's always this. No, 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 no. Get the black people with it. You know, get the black. This is why you, you've got to, so, you know, back the blue or, or whatever the fuck or, or, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's about, uh, um, you know, Rebels, not racist, or yeah, being a rebel, not a racist, and, 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 and Confederate not, flag, and all that shit. The that's rebellion how you get the was poor, for racism, right? That's how you get the the poor whites on board with the racism, and you can see it in real time here. You know, they're protecting themselves, and they're protecting themselves in a way that seems easier. They see the ruling class coming down with this bullshit, and they're not thinking through what's right or wrong. They're just reacting. That's why it's called reactionary politics. And they go, "Oh fuck, don't get me. I'm like you." I'm like you put, put this on the them people. Come on. We're in this together. And then, and then that wins because that's, that's the, that's the path of least resistance. And then the ruling class gets to uphold exploiting both, especially exploiting the people that they used to enslave that, you know, created the entire system of capitalism in the first place off this slavery. Okay. I read ahead and I'm not happy about it. It may be safely said, wrote the Columbia correspondent of the Charleston Daily Courier, that the views and opinions of Sumner, Thad Stevens, Wilson, and some other northern radicals have been considered too unworthy to be seriously commented on by the members of the convention. It is well known that the sentiments of those gentlemen are extremely unpopular in the north. Universally, the South was reported as adamant on the subject of Negroes voting. That is not a question they even allow themselves to debate. They consider it too monstrous a proposition even to debate. That is Eesh. one thing they imagine will never they will never submit to. They will never suffer they will suffer confiscation and everything before they will endure the degradation. You lost. You lost. You and this went is- to war for this. And you lost. You no longer have the right to decide what is and isn't okay because your moral compass was found lacking. Mm-hmm. You I, lost. Why? This is a report from the time. So this is like, you know, not some voice of God thing. Obviously, everybody's going to have biases. But this is a quote. This is a quote objectively as, as much as, as a report can be objective. Um, talking about the lay of the land at the time and the open South opinion that goes into the report is that the voting is monstrous and it's a degradation. And that probably properly reflects the attitudes 
And that's just, it's just appalling. Like, you know, it's degrading that we're lowered to the level of the black people and it's monstrous that they would be thought of as human. And yet that's how this fucking mind type of mind operates. We're, we're going to deviate a minute here. Um, because this is this and not far, I'm hoping to tie this back, but this, this gets into an, an, this gets into a core Mm -hmm. debate, a core dialectical clash, if you will, within, uh, uh, leftism, socialism, communism, whatever you want to call it. Sure. This, in my opinion, is a very clear example of why authoritarianism, for whatever whatever bullshit that means in your head, <laughs> is necessary. Yeah. Because this is you have what to happens revolution. When you crush, uh, so imagine, take this example, take what's happening here. You have a group that was crushed. You had a fucking civil war over one issue. We have la- we have laid it out clear. This was mm-hmm. over one issue, and it was slavery. That was it. They lost. So imagine tomorrow we go to war with the capitalists over this. There is a revolution. There is a civil war. There is a fight mm-hmm. to rid ourselves of this system. And we win. Mm-hmm. If your argument is that this can't be authoritarian, this is what you run into. Yes. The other side just refuses to even acknowledge they lost Un- and just unequivocally the problem, the two problems with reconstruction are the lack of redistribution of wealth, the way Thaddeus Stevens wanted to do it. And the lack of "quote unquote" authoritarianism, and we know force was used. Just it was clearly there, not nearly enough. And there, no one had the spot. No one had the will to do it. Lincoln yeah. wouldn't have done it if he'd have lived. He wouldn't have. No. Everything we've seen from this version of Abraham Lincoln, Unless, not, a, uh, not a bone in his body would have occupied the South militarily to force Reconstruction. The he closest have done it. one to to having the will to do it would have been Grant, and he didn't have the will to do it. He didn't have the will to. Thaddeus Stevens would have done it. Thaddeus Stevens would have done it, and he would have done it maybe if he still had Grant as a general. But Thaddeus, anyone but Thaddeus Stevens with anyone but Grant as a general, it doesn't happen. And that situation didn't happen. It didn't happen. So again, the Reconstruction should be looked at as a shining example of what can happen when you you fought a revolution. You fought it for the wrong reasons. You fought this war for all the wrong reasons. But in the midst of it, again, this is the sort of power vacuum. This is the kind of conflict that will be a that will mm-hmm. allow for a a monumental shift in how in your base, in how your world is constructed, in everything. And we've um, already seen how right wingers react to that. Exactly. In this case, the war was obviously not fought to free slaves. The North didn't want to do it. The South was fighting us for the exact opposite. But in the midst of that, in that, in that, um, in that giant, tur- you know, turmoil, mm-hmm. black people stepped forward, asserted their personhood, and fought tooth and nail because they knew this was their opportunity to take it. They yeah. did that. They won. There is no is better way happened. to state that black people are, are brilliant and organized and revolutionary yes. than that they seized the Civil War. They for that. seized the Civil War. They won it for their for their uh, and they did everything they could. They were the they were frontline soldiers. They gave everything for this war to mm-hmm. liberate themselves. And then this is what happened. Yeah, it was because handed back because you were not willing to and... go far enough. Mm-hmm. You were not willing to put to to make decisions. You were not willing to us uh, to to take this mandate that you fought and died for. Mm-hmm. 
And where are we now? A hundred years later, where are we now? Well, yeah. And of course, this is back at a time where it's a little less uncouth to say black people are are not human or even even if you're a supposed abolitionist like we've seen with like shares and stuff to say like well black people shouldn't really vote yet they'll they'll get equal eventually and you see when saying the quiet pet out loud is a little less uncouth all these people that that didn't go far enough you can see where they didn't go far enough it's not that they weren't just on board philosophically Although that's that's an important part of organizing and, and winning a revolution. It's not just that they're they're foolish. It's that they explicitly they didn't really want this. You no. know, they they're like, this, this is just kind of landed it. No. And so they're not going that far because they they don't want to deal with this because they don't want to believe they don't believe in it. And of course the ruling class that's up there now upholds the same shit. And that's why, you know, we have to turn over, we have to do something that's we have to seize the moment, whatever the moment is, the way the way black people did in the Civil War. But we have to do something more total, right? And we need a more not- total victory. And we need to forcefully uphold that victory because we're not going to get done with this. And look at all the Trump supporters out there and have the Trump supporters just like the, the black people in the South didn't go here. The Trump supporters aren't going to go, oh, you won. That was your victory day. You won. I'm not racist now. <laughs> and this is Who not in fucking right mind would think that would happen. I don't think I think and I think we're going to find more as we dig into this book that that mm-hmm. when give every time there was a there was a rational opportunity there was any sort of an opening. Everything yeah. we've learned that we know about black about reconstruction just just to this point is that yes. black people absolutely they took it and they ran and they created yeah. these inst- we're going to learn about the institutions that we that we take for granted the public education all yeah, these things yeah we, we've already learned about public education yeah we we've already learned about that this is going to happen yeah. and that this was led by by black. I'm not saying for a yeah. second that black people somehow squandered an opportunity this is all it's ruling just class deck was white people so much more stacked against them than could have been imagined. And, you need to, and again, this is this and, is a trend. We've seen this before. This is this is Paris. This is for, uh, Paris Commune. Well, and the other thing too is we talk about you know they did this, they didn't do this, they did this, they didn't do this, and that's assuming this isn't a capsule. Now I know this seems like a long time ago because the world has changed a lot since then, and because it, it realistically it's half the existence of this you know genocidal settler colony existing formally as a country, right? I mean, obviously it, it existed a couple hundred years before that, but it formally as a country. So it seems like a long time ago, uh, but just like you know, 1905 was part of 1917's revolution, and just like you know, um, um, we talk about in Europe, you know, the the, the French Revolution and then 1848 and 1870 that all led up to the Paris Commune. Those three different revolutions separated by 80 years, and that was all part of the same thing. We should same realize movie. that the Civil War. Uh, the communists, you know, the stuff you can read about in, in Hammer and Ho, maybe another book we, we need to get to at some point. Obviously, we got a lot on the docket. Um, you know, Coming the, out in the, audio the form soon. Ooh, exciting. Uh, <laughs> I know. But Hammer, Hammer and Ho uh, coming up, you know, to, to fight Jim Crow laws in the South. Uh, the communist organizations, when they weren't swallowed up by the white chauvinism we, we read about in Black Bolshevik um, in the United States, the civil rights movement, the Black Panthers, all of this we should realize is one continuous revolution and it's been fought with with setbacks you know the collapse of reconstruction um the end of the civil rights movement cointelpro but it's all one continuous revolution and we need to keep that revolution going forward and there are again there are things that you can learn from it at every juncture and again mm-hmm. this is not this is this is the same 
kind of thing you see with uh, again hindsight is a thousand percent 2020 i am not trying to say i have some you know all-encompassing view i am reacting to things as i <laughs> experience that that is kind of my whole thing here is i'm i'm learning about a thing and i am reacting to it viscerally um and but in the same way that you saw the paris commune you know you can look at it and you're looking it's you're one door down from taking all of their money how did you not take all of their money um, you could have altered human yes. history in such a fundamental way if you were just willing mm-hmm. to take that one step. Yeah, and this feels this feels so. This feels similar. like not seizing the banks and in, in it feels in like Paris a not, it feels yeah. like a. And again, this is slow. It's more slow. It's not one thing, but it's like how when they're well, reacting like this, when this is their reaction, when this is their 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 thought. Yeah. How are are you not? How well, do you not and, and see that you should? Okay, they they obviously haven't given up. They have not given up. They're not backing down. They think the same. They're acting the same. They're gonna do the same thing. If we want, and it's because they didn't. I honestly think in this case, in the Paris Commune, I think it was just a missed opportunity. I think they all wanted it, and if they knew yeah. we either get option A or option B, and they knew what the option, how it would have played. Yeah. They would have done a different thing. I think in this case, it is a sign that they did not want to. The ruling class had no interest in actually yes. upholding equality or upholding suffrage for the freedmen. Yeah. And we're watching this be slowly through a thousand cuts stripped away and boiled down back to what is going to lead well, to Black Codes and Jim Crow. And think about this, too. You know, there was a window of instability picked up by the, you know, oppressed working class inside the metropole versus sort of a window of instability but not 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 as unstable it wasn't in such a collapse like france was against germany um you know that was the enslaved people who are people of color that are that are of course part of the colonized groups um in a brutal genocidal celler colony whose in total enslavement was the upholding of total global capitalism mm-hmm. you know that's that's um a big it's difference it's a big difference and it's again there's- and so it's it's a much bigger revolution even to get to paris commune level but that's no. why we have to see ourselves as you know this is this is a you know it's it's been i mean 150 years and we're still in the same revolution but we should see it, this as continuing that revolution and i want to continue i i i I think, and again, I apologize that we're not going to get much further than we are right now. But uh, this is, son of a bitch. I know. But again, that's what next episode's for. First episode's mm-hmm. always got this kind of stuff in it. Um, there is, this also brings us back to another, again, a trend and a discussion that I do want to have because it's been coming up uh, a little bit in Discord kind of with, with some frequency. And I, I more more because I'm a complete idiot and David, you are my smart one. So I, I am curious on what your thought kind of is on this without making you actually go into Discord and type because we know your uh, oh typing typing ability is hard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, we got not as good as my page. not as I good as it. my paint clip art stuff. Yes, no, your paint clip art is your art, and and if anyone takes that away from you, that, that you are Michelangelo with paint. It's, it's I can't glorious. believe that was a new typo. Typo, just forgetting to, to <laughs> attach the album art. To you, the, you you've the gotten tweet. over typoing, and now you've just gone into pure again. Just I've forgotten what the next thing I'm time doing. I'll is. just forget to, to next to time there just won't the be URL. A, there won't be an yeah. episode next week. It'll just it'll be gone. <laughs> David will finish the lead. I would never do that. But one of these times, I'll just I'll forget the description. I'll just send the URL, or I'll just I'll send the description no URL. <laughs> 
Um, so, so this, this here, we're talking a lot again. So this, this gets in, you know, okay. So the, you know, the Paris commune, do we push forward and yeah. how, why, what, what's our driving force? How are we pushing forward? I am a little bit curious, uh, uh more than a little bit curious. Cause I don't know if we've ever gone into this very closely. Cause, and this goes, sure. this will tie into our disclaimer, uh, for this week, uh, a little bit. Okay. What, when you're talking about theory again, yeah. theory in the abstract, which is what ostensibly our podcast is, is reading theory, but especially in Black Reconstruction, it doesn't feel much like theory. This feels much more practical knowledge kind of stuff, so it's a little bit different. Well, okay, so I will say this is this is a history book, so it, it, it runs it a little differently than theory, but even we talked about, you know, Paris Commune recollection was, was history, and that, that went into theory. I'm going to push back a little bit on even the idea of theory in the abstract. I don't think theory – I don't think there's, there's such thing – and again, this is a whole other deep philosophical thing, but I don't think there's a such thing as theory in the abstract. I think okay. theory is, is, is either you know, an expression of ideology or an expression of bias to substitute ideology so that you can hide ideology in, in a clever way. I don't think it's ever, ever anything in the abstract. And this is, and so, so to give you, just to give you the full context of this discussion okay. that we're having, um, th- this goes into, I, um, we're talking about again, how you judge, you know, there, there was a conversation about Hegel and, and, oh, okay. well, you know, how yeah. do we feel certain people feel about Hegel versus, you know, did, did Stalin really he, understand Hegel and was his lack of understanding of Hegel limiting his ability to really understand theory? And did that limit him as a leader? And my initial comment to give you something to bounce off of was, yeah, I personally, yeah. me, don't yep. think for a second that a human being leading a country through a revolution and then through a war and through the uh, the birth pangs of socialism, I don't think for one second a greater or lesser understanding of Hegel would play into any of that, any of his yeah. ability to do that. Yeah, the idea of having a greater or lesser understanding of Hegel is we're going to have a greater or lesser understanding of what dialectics should be so you can understand dialectical materialism. But if you understand what dialectical materialism is, you know, itself, right, you don't have to go back to to its root, okay? You know, I mean, let's – let me put a, 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 a kind of ham-fisted, uh, admittedly, but but I, I think relevant analogy here. Ham, you know, ham that if, rum, ham if, that fist in here. Let's if go. If you're gonna if you're gonna learn a romance language like French or Spanish or something like that, right? You may learn it better if you already know Latin. But do you need to know Latin to know French or Spanish? No. Makes no. Sense. Okay. So I, again, you know, I mean, that, that immediately at least comes off hand fisted in, in my head, but I, I think it's accurate. I think it's a analogy there because then the argument yeah. was my, my, again, my stance, which again, I am, again, I am all emotion and no actual knowledge or substance. Mm-hmm. It is, mm-hmm. it is, no, this is bullshit is, is whether or yeah. not I understood theory, whether or not I have the best understanding of Marx or whatever, as a leader of a of a of a socialist nation, that doesn't fucking matter. That you're not going to judge yeah. me. I'm not going to be a I mean, better that, or worse leader off of theory. I I hate to push any kind of appeal to authority, but but if there's an authority I appeal to, it's probably Mao. And and you could pop the the book worship 
you know, on book worship in there a little bit. <laughs> um, but also something, something to, to, to point out, and th- this probably comes from Mao a little bit, you know, is it, people always, and this is the stupid, the, when people dust off this, I don't need theory, it's my lived experiences, right? And it's like, well, mm-hmm. what is theory? Theory is important. Well, you know, of course you have your lived experiences. Theory isn't to tell you your lived experiences happen. It's to tell you why they happened and what to do about it based on other people's lived experiences and deep examinations of those coming together. And those lived experiences include actual revolutions. That's why we listen to revolutionaries. And so if you have the lived experiences of a revolutionary and you understand the why so that you can create your revolution, drive your revolution, win victoriously in your revolution, uphold your revolution, and ensure your revolution is steered correctly, you don't need to know the ins and outs and minutia of the theory. Maybe you're a little better leader without that, but it's not like you're a bad or lacking leader without that. You know, I mean, you need to be able, the most important part of theory is practically applying it. If you can't go out and apply theory, what is the point? I mean, Mark says, you know, what is the, the point of theory without revolution, right? Mm-hmm. Well, revolution doesn't happen in a philosophical debate. Those are important. Those are vitally important. We talk about, you know, praxis is theory and action. I mean, that's part of yeah. part of my, my little disclaimer no, is what we call and it. That's so where it comes praxis in. So, is theory and action. Yeah. So but, then obviously the theory is important at a level. And if you fundamentally misunderstood the theory, but it means nothing without the action. So if you could put it into action, who cares if you're the utmost theory expert, as long as you understand it and enough to put it into an effective well-guided and moral set of actions and moralism again you know i mean there's some squishiness and some biases Uh, yeah there's a lot of subjectivity there but 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 what we feel is moral right i mean we talk about like it's moral to abolish slavery i think that's that's safe to say you know i mean in that level of morality you know moral we've talked about this forever that the whole goal here is we want to uplift we want the morality of of communism as and the thing that yeah. drew us together or the, the whole thing that brought me to you in the first place when we started the, the this liberation endeavor, of oppressed masses yeah was yes was to what is the what is the theory what is the the ideology what is the concept mm-hmm. that brings the greatest amount of uplifting to the greatest number of people what is the way yes. that we can take what obviously are what we see around us as as this gross mm-hmm. wealth and what, what is the way that bests and most equitably brings that to the masses and uplifts everybody that's what we're here for both from a total volume perspective because they have the farthest to go they have the least effort theoretically to bring them up because they're the lowest and there's the most of them is you take the lowest the most oppressed masses and lift them up and that's that's what we're set out to do and and of course they need it the most too it it, it makes the most impact by being lifted up too Um, it makes the most real world good for someone um, and it goes back to this whole thing of, and this goes also back to Mao, when we, we yeah. keep talking about, uh, one of these days, damn it, we're going to have to actually <laughs> read Mao on this fucking not, not just, not just, uh, I mean, it, 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 I'm good with summarizing, but we have one summarization episode of like a one page work. <laughs> no, we, we need to read, read Mao. Right, on contradiction is like 10 pages, at least. Um, okay, it's a, fair, it's but. It's a good time. It's, it, <laughs> Um, our, our, it's our about first, what we read in a good episode. I was about that. to say, uh, we read a page in this hour episode. That's, yeah, wow. this was a rough one, man. Wow. Remember, we it, used to complain about only making it through four pages. That was good times. I don't ever know because I don't. I don't remember many things. But it, it is again. It, it it all goes back to this whole concept of failure. This whole project has been a lot of people getting together 
coming yeah. up with an idea, testing it. And the only yeah. way to test this theory, we don't have a lab. The laboratory for for socialism, for communism, for, for all yeah. of this theory is is real life, is revolution, is is the most violent and 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 unpredictable of circumstances. I mean, again, I, I do computer programming, and one of the most terrifying terms out there is, fuck it, we're testing it live. We got no other options. And that's and the that's only way to do revolution. the only way to test this. And it's there life is no, and death. There is no yeah. lab. There is no... Again, you can play a million games of Hearts of Iron 4. You're not going to get a good simulation of what right. this looks like. I, right, it, it, which is why earnest criticism is all the more important but arrogance and chauvinism in criticism is all the more grating and ridiculous yes it is so wild we we have this privilege of sitting where we sit and being able to being able to to critique and and again mm-hmm. the other problem is is we have to critique critiques the only way we get better criticism, it's the only way we now, criticism if, if criticism is coming from a place of love and you're trying to improve a person that's mm-hmm. the most that it's it's it's, it's the most in some translations it's yeah in some translations it's it's love criticism loves and others it's unity criticism unity but it's the same message exactly and this is it, it all comes back to that but again this comes back to theory and praxis are not One's better than the other. One's less important than the other. They are they, intertwined. They're and this, they're, this is, this is, and this like, is why it's Mao- like classism and racism, right? You can split them up, and and both fronts are important, but you can't ever battle one or the other. You have the same thing. You can you can force yourself to, to care and learn and understand theory, or force yourself to go out and do praxis. But if you're doing one or the other, you're and not both. You're not really doing it. If no. you're not doing praxis based on your theory, you're not doing praxis. You're doing charity work. If you're reading theory and and you're you're philosophizing and you're getting even getting context, if you're not putting it into practice, you're not understanding it because part of understanding is it. It's All saying, of this is dude, get out there and do every this. state and rev. State and rev is my favorite yes. part. Is my favorite How piece of God's theory because can you understand that without. It, the message is go out and do the end of state and revolution. That's why I love state and revolution. Cause there's a work of theory that at the very end goes, I'm sorry. I wanted to write more, but there's a revolution I have to go do right now. Excuse yes. me. <laughs> like it's, it's, that's how I view it is it's you, you can talk, you can talk, you can pontificate, you can, you can hone this to all you want, mm-hmm. but you, but mm-hmm. the whole point and of some that, of that's important. I mean, that's why we're doing this. If you're not good again, let there, I am also, even more convinced going through all of these different points. I, Thaddeus Stevens. Do I think Thaddeus Stevens could have physically led a revolution? No. On everything I've learned about him now and read up on him, Thaddeus Stevens is a theory man. Thaddeus Stevens is an inspi- he's an orator. He's an inspiring. He's a thinker. He's a person that can put ideas into very moving if and there was powerful ever words. A member of the U.S. government who was good. It was him. He's everything people pretend AOC is in their wildest dreams. <sighs> And it still wasn't and effective. Not, he, he can't lead anything. It didn't get anywhere. Because again, one part, the US government is a monolith designed to oppress people like Thaddeus Stevens. It's designed to let them well, in for token. Who, who Thaddeus Steve, to, to hold, uh, to, to, I'm sorry, you, you're right, but, but you're, I, I, I just want to be careful with the language. To, Oppo- oh, did I say oppress Thaddeus Stevens? You did. You did. You said to, you, you wanted to, to stop yeah. people like Thaddeus Stevens. Stifle and Thaddeus Stevens. There you go. Stifle people like Thaddeus Stevens in order to oppress those yes. he, he speaks because for and the, stands the, with. And you, you shouldn't say it, stands for. No one sta- Thaddeus doesn't stand in front of the black people that liberated themselves no. in the Civil War. He's but not putting his with. body on the line. Yes. Right. And that is, but that's again, there are those people. Does that make Thaddeus Stevens less important? No, 
he played the role that he was mm-hmm. capable of playing. There are very yeah, he did few his best. Lenins. There are very few Maos. There are very few Ho Chi Minhs. There yeah. are very few Thomas Sankaras. There are very few Fidel Castros. But these what's pe- more important too is 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 it important that these people are special? These people will stand out. But even a lot of these revolutions, they they make them happen, but they only have the opportunity to make them happen. Lenin in the Civil War in the United States. I'm not sure when's a revolution anymore than Thaddeus Stevens. A big part of this too is that the the groups of people behind them and the revolutionary yes. potential of those people. And that's what I was that's what I was trying to say is you don't feel bad because you're not both the master theoretician and the master organizer who's on the ground making it happen. You no, need to if go- you're worried about a revolution and your concern is being the main star here in it for the wrong reason. You're doing it for the wrong reasons 100%. But that's Even if it's just a matter of being hard on yourself, you're still doing it for what the wrong was reason. The power, the power behind Lenin was that he had organized the masses and they were moving together under that vision. Mm-hmm. Get out and be a part of that vision. Get out, find yes. a part, find your role, find what you can do and contribute and get out and be a part of that. And that's what it is. We outnumber them well, 100 to 1. We know that would, a bug's life. And yeah, and I want to be very clear too. Like, I mean, the Russian Revolution itself had so many moving parts that were so important, you know, beyond Lenin. Lenin was just the, the synthesis and leader yeah, at the top. Had and after that, Vic train flying off doing <laughs> weird stuff. And, 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 you know, even after that, right, we talk about like Stalin being the leader of defeating the Nazis. There are so many, so many heroes, both Soviet Millions. and partisan, that, yeah, I mean, that, that, that rest on. All of them. I can't remember the name of, of the girl who, who got caught. She was being hung. I think she was even 17. She was a, a partisan. She was being hung. And they, they asked her, you know, does she have any regrets when the Nazis were about to hang her? And she was like, no, my comrades will avenge me. And of course they did and kicked the Nazis ass. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and you've got, you know, like the Night Witches and the um, Night uh, Witches, guys. If you, I'm sorry. Is that her name? That the, the sniper? Yes. If you do not know about the Night Witches, guys, please go learn about the Night Witches. They will bring oh God, you yes. so much joy that I cannot. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, every once in a while, I'll just remember the Night Witches existed and I will just giggle like a schoolgirl. I'm so happy that they were a thing. Like, it's just yeah. so good. Uh, and then who are the I can't remember the two teenage sisters. And they always get, uh, unfortunately, like hypersexualized. Like, Masha, oh, sorry. Masha. Masha, Bur- uh, Masha Burskina is the the woman that was ha- the partisan that was hanged that you're thinking of. Oh, thank you, thank Belarusian you, Jewish nurse. She was part of yeah. the Minsk resistance. Belarusian, Belarusian, yes, yes. Bel- Belarusian is, is did I say Belarusian? Belarusian? It, I apologize. You yes, said Belarusian. Belarusian. Belarusian is is an ethnicity. Belarusian is is a nationality, and I don't think that was an ethnicity. I think they're talking about our nationality there. Um, but anyway, um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, oh, so. Um, so anyway, I mean, there's so many. We talked about the Yugoslav partisans and and their heroism. Heroism, you know. I mean, so partisan and Soviet like this takes a lot of people. And so if you're just if you're just one of the other people, you know, if you're if you're one of the groups out there, you know, drinking beer with Wojtek the Bear, whatever. All right, part of the you you gotta be part. Of, yeah, God bless. Glad, God bless those Slavs. That. I was hope I was hoping that put a smile on your face. God uh, bless anyway. those Slavs. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you know, I mean, every little bit of this is important. And that's where I'm saying this is a continuation. This, the Civil War was a continuation that traced back to the slave revolts. Okay. Um, and of course, drew, you know, a bunch of, of inspiration uh, from the, the revolution in Haiti. 
Um, you know, and then it traces through the, the communists against Jim Crow to the civil rights movement to the Black Panthers, all on and on to today. And we should see ourselves as a continuation of that growing revolution. And we could should see communism as the primary tool in our belt, but a tool in our belt. And the importance is the liberation. And communism is just a, a system and dialectical materialism, most importantly, out of that communism is the tool to show us a revolution. And Lenin and Mao's understandings that proliferated from that, um, as well as the applications of that in, in the American contest from like, you know, Haywood and Kwame Ture and W.E.B. Du Bois and, and uh, oh, oh, uh, I forgot to mention it was Fannie Lou Hamer's birthday this last yes, week. Yes, thank you. Um, also, you know, I, for all our mis- dunking on Mississippi, isn't Fannie, isn't she from Mississippi? Yes. And and speaking of Mississippi, uh, part of a radicalization, I think it was the Mississippi government that did this, uh, came from forced sterilization. Yeah, forced sterilization, forced hysterectomy, which is, of course, what fucking ICE is doing to people along the border in the actual concentration camps that are in the world here that are not just vocational schools, uh, like what's happening in Xinjiang, you know. Um, But, I I mean, it's important for us to apply all of these things and be a continuation of this liberation so that we can return this land back to indigenous people so that, you know, we can free and, and, you know, ensure land is back <laughs> um, for the people who built the wealth here off of the, the backs of their ancestors and themselves. They're still the most exploited labor. Yes. Black people are out there uh, off the migrants who are driven here because the U S is destroying their country at home to siphon off resources from the countries that the U S I mean, one of the key tools of the U S out there is destroying infrastructure so yep. that countries cannot create their own commodities so that the U S can continue to mine raw materials. Because if you control the raw materials, you have that wealth and you make commodities now now you're in control of everything but if the united states can go in and mine your raw materials out or ensure u.s corporations are the ones in there making the commodities and 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 profiting the united states that's good and that's why you can be so poor and have your raw materials siphoned away because it's not trade it's it's a gunpoint and you never make the commodity you only sell the raw material which is the least valuable there's the least labor value in that Mm -hmm. you know um, and it's back to it. That's that's what you, you, you talk about. Again, the, the people that are here, people come here not because this is the greatest country on Earth. Again, no, because it's, it's the examples like the person- commodity development are destroyed or controlled by American corporations and you're left to flee poverty or war or whatever has been wrought in your country. And we again, I, I my my coworker that I've told a story about in the past, but mm-hmm. at a previous job that lived through Clinton bombing Serbia. Mm-hmm as a Serbian and, and, and lived here and talked about how great, how great it was under Tito. And my question of why, uh, not to be, but why, so why here? Oh, it was the only place I could come. Yeah. It, I, 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 tr- I applied to every other country, but they wouldn't let me in. I, I had to come here. And at the end of the day, I'm less likely to get mm-hmm. killed here by American troops than I am in my home country. So, yeah, I mean, get get behind the uh, behind the butt of the gun instead of in front of the barrel. And again, very not, simple. Not supporting and that, and that the gun. Just not mean, to- that just that, that could that can include you know just pure economics. I mean, we we, we understand how neocolonialism works, and, and we should probably read that work. But we have yeah. a good idea of how neocolonialism works. We understand Lenin's understanding of imperialism from monopoly investments. You know, it's 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 about and siphoning resources, it, and of siphoning. course the the gun matters. But what really matters is the economics that only. That, that make the gun matter because those economics are only upheld by force. And that force can be coercive. It can be in today's world. 
with with the dollar coming out of the World Bank and the IMF, it can be sanctions, which is like a, a very destructive type of blockade that's very very low overhead for the United States. You don't got to actually like blockade them with Navy ships. You just tell them no one can trade with the dollar, which is you just why other currencies it, you, are so threatening. You flip a switch on OFAC and oh, mm-hmm. man, huh, hmm. which is it's how a- people come up with crazy stuff that's that's almost true, but really gets off the materialist path and loses all its importance and truth, like, like modern monetary theory, because they see the power of the dollar, but the power of the dollar is because the U.S. controls everything by force. Uh, yeah. That's why the U.S. is so threatened by you know say like the the chinese uh and russian um agreement now to to go away from the u.s dollar and and stay on a different universal currency for trade please and that's it 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 was funny it was like that uh, just to kind of tie this back but there was that tweet that was like oh oh your your parents were starving and poor under communism is that because communism failed or because their country was under a uh, merciless uh, series of sanctions by the U.S. Oh, government? Let's oh, unpack the biggest, that for a second. The biggest part of, of uh, Cuban migration in the United States, the first one was, of course, the white supremacists that, that we know, you know, or at least Cubans know as gusanos that fled here that, that control most of, you know, Miami and stuff and are, make up a big Republican base that will never not vote Republicans. They're super racist. They want their, their whites only clubs and the sugar plantations back in Cuba. And that was the um, thing where Fidel actually, and, and just to clarify my own misunderstanding mm-hmm. here, that was the thing where like, cat, like Fidel actually like actively told them go. Like if like get out, I don't want you here. Like it was not a like they were forced. Like it was they were forced to migrate to the U.S., but only because it was like, look, we're communist. If you're not cool with that, there's the door. Get out. Most of them, but a lot of this corporation coming away was was because I mean Fidel had Marxist Leninist sympathizers. He his revolution was led largely by you know Raúl who who succeeded him as president, and of course you know we know uh, Che. Uh, who were both Marxist Leninists, but Fidel wasn't actually one at the beginning. Um, but he was driven that way because of the way the U.S. acted immediately upon Fidel taking power. And he's like, "Look, we're getting these fucking corporations out of here." Then, um, and and that was a big part of telling the go. But also, a lot of them were, you know, the, the quote unquote small business owners who didn't like their stuff being treaded upon, who elected to leave as well. But that was the first big wave, and that's where you see, you know, the Gusanos, the white supremacists in there. And then there was a second wave. Not that there wasn't some, you know, migration. I mean, people. People will want to reunite with family. People will have their own, you know, reasons. Um, I mean, Cuba is a beacon of LGBT plus rights among the world, really since 1979. But there was a window from 59 to 79 where they were not so good. There were people fleeing from those reasons, oh, no. uh, which leads Miami to, to, you know, I mean, be culturally known. And some of this is narrative to push up Fidel being so oppressive against, you know, gay people when the U.S. Miami wasn't was all that known special. As a, as a hub for, for but gay it was culture known as a, as a hub of yeah, gay people, and, and it comes from that a little bit. Okay. Um, but there's also the biggest other migration uh, was the 90s because the USSR collapsed. It was their main trade partner and the U.S. sanctions and blockades destroyed the economy. The U.S. are the, the Cuba made itself sufficient, made themselves self-sufficient by 2000. Um, and is that and why I know Elian Gonzalez's that's name? That's exactly why you know Elian <laughs> Gonzalez. His parents <laughs> fled the poverty and actually died on the way out. And part of uh, part of the the. Um, um, U.S. policy is if you're communist, I'm sorry, you go back to your home country. That's that's an explicit U.S. policy, and and they make it what? so that way you just have to say you're not communist. But Hold if on. they suspect you are, they can send Hold you back. Hold on. Hold on. Oh yeah, that's a. That's we a thing. let Anne Rand. Back. We let Anne Rand into this country. <laughs> Anne Rand, uh, the communist. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> she came from a communist country. 
Oh man, but that so that no, that is that is why because that was and and again, this is this is again, I'm but, an yeah. idiot, but trying to patch together my knowledge is like Ellen Gonzalez is like is is a now like an icon in Cuba. Like he he has a a certain yeah. almost celebrity status in Cuba as like a he went back and it's like yeah no it's better here. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean he's 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 great, but um anyway, I think it I think it was the 54 act, the, the one that that also had the the HUAC and it's only the I think it's only the immigration part that's still really functionally intact because of the Supreme Court actually, you know, having to subserve the the constitution in some way in their eyes and and did something quasi not reactionary. Um but not that CoinTelPro didn't turn around and happen anyway. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, that was part of it. Like, if you're suspected of being communist, you could deport. So there was a policy to deport back, you know, certain Cubans. And Elian came with his parents. Now, his grandparents were still in Cuba. But it came with his parents. His parents died on the way up, fleeing the poverty. Elian um, survived yeah. the boat ride. Okay. And his grandparents were back in Cuba and there was a big old hubbub. You can't send him back to Cuba. Cuba's terrible. And obviously his parents were fleeing because US blockades were starving people. But I mean it's Cuba. It's it's a good place. I mean, right now there's a better standard of living than the United States. Pretty well top to bottom, unless you're in that top few percent. Um and that's even with the, the famous, you know, old cars because they can't get cars imported and stuff. They're still looking at a better standard of living. And and so this was, of course, you know, not the best time. And there's this you know, painted as Cuba evil, whatever. So it was a big thing. And it was right at the end. It was 99. It was right at the end of Clinton's. Um, and uh, what what is her name? Reno? Janet Reno. Janet Reno uh, were there. And, and they decided to deport him back so that his grandparents could take care of him. That's what I remember. That, is, was that was the weird part. Is I remember it was like it was because it was not like it was U.S. troops like invading his house to send him back to Cuba. Yes, and it yes. was very. I mean, it was it was very much like like ice stuff. Now it's very violent raid type stuff. But, it, but and, yeah, and to they, send they them back is like to, to, send to send an eight year old back to Cuba is like mm-hmm. damn mm-hmm. Clinton. This is and your- thankfully thankfully shortly there and and again like you said you know he's a celebrity in Cuba now he's doing great. Um, thankfully shortly after that Cuba had had with, you know, um, certain techniques such as vertical farms, um, and other reorganizations, of their economy become more self-sufficient. Um, Wait, and so socialism he's, he's, did in, communism did innovation. I thought yeah, they weren't amazing. allowed to do that wild. Um, but thankfully because of that, you know, I mean, they have, they have a much better standing living standard of living now. So him going back was not actually the bad thing that was all scared up. Um, it was a very good thing for him in the end, in spite of, you know, the tragedy of losing his parents, um, but that's why he's famous. It was part of that second mm-hmm. migration. And of course that was much smaller, uh, than, than the first one, but that was another desperation thing. And you see, you know, a, a similar, but more extreme, uh, type of thing with other types of integrations, like, you know, the U S and 09 coup Honduras and put a very violent dictator in charge and the big famous, you know, migrant, uh, movement again, that Trump, you know, pushed back against that, that really kicked off a lot of, ICE being undeniably concentration camps where even lib, you know, media started recognizing it. Um, and they were like, you know, tear gassing them at the border, the women and children. There's a famous pictures at the border fence that came from Honduras, you know, largely. I mean, and, and so that's, that's the kind of thing you see, right? We, we put you at in front of the barrel of the gun. And then of course there's this, this sass that's given out uh, by the right wingers. Like it, it's supposed to be, you know, would you rather be there? And it's proof that America's better. And it's, well, why don't you just go live there? And there's kind of a threefold problem. 
you know, one is I don't have any family and friends that live there. Two is I have a fucking revolution to take care of here. I'm not just going to run away from people. And three is even if someone is diaspora and has family and friends back there and deserves to run back there and doesn't doesn't need to sit here and, and try to fix his revolution as, as an oppressed person instead of liberating themselves by going back to their country. Most people don't have the means to do that. Um, and that all comes after the realization that that's running back in front of the gun. So no matter how well the country runs, it's the U.S.'s fault that it's not as good. And also, just just to make sure that no one has to come at us, because we have to do corrections for a hot second. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, Elian Gonzalez's mother died in the crossing because she left okay. Cuba in the crossing. His father is the one that stayed back in Cuba and that ah. was who he was actually reunited. He was reunited with his father. It was father. a great I uncle. I thought it was both parents and grand. See how y- I was so young. I was so young. But, uh, we were both. So I I remember Elian Gonzalez being like an older than me and he's only 26 right now and I'm <laughs> older than that. Um. So again, Elian, if you can please, please get me to Cuba, dude. Oh, just for a hot second, just for a minute, just please, I'll do anything. I just, oh God, I just want to step foot. Um, that being said, this has been a longer than usual. Yeah, we episode. only read one page and we just blathered on continuously, we mostly like thirty minutes text. at the end. <laughs> we read a page of text, and this is going to be one of our longer episodes, guys. Oh, this is sad. Sorry gals, to everyone, everybody. We suck. Non- <laughs> we're bad. You know we're bad. You keep coming back for more. This is your kink, and I'm okay with that. Um, that being said, this has been Mark's Madness. There are a couple different ways that you can get in touch with us um, if you would prefer to communicate with us. The first of which is email. You can email us at marksmadnesspod at gmail.com. The other way to get a hold of us is on the hell site. Uh, that's at Mark's Madness Pod. DMs are open. You can come in there and hang out. Uh, also, you know, we 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 mostly just post the episodes, and then I'll post bullshit retweets because because that's mm-hmm. how we do. Um, if you would like a more direct conversation, uh, d- we have a Discord channel that we live in. Uh, we we are moderators slash co-inhabitants of the Dumb and Awful Discord, uh, which is the <laughs> official Discord of Dumb and Awful's podcast, but we just camp out in there long enough that we kind of like co-own it or, or cohabitate it. Um, that link is in our bio, and you can come in there if you want to. Again, discussion from that Discord spawned the last 35 minutes of this podcast, so if, if you want if you want to get involved in the content making, you know, that's where Nathan takes inspiration every now and again. Um. That being said, we don't need to do a goddamn disclaimer because we did no. 30 minutes of a goddamn disclaimer. Y'all know what we're <laughs> all about now. Uh, so we'll skip past that, and I'll just say my name. I am Nathan. I am David. And we will talk to y'all next week. Bye. Bye.